Dear listeners, I'm Lauren Conlon, and before you embark on this investigative journey with me, I want to offer a sincere word of my acknowledgement and gratitude. When I, as the host, first set out on this path, I was admittedly very green. I lacked the seasoned expertise and finesse that comes with experience in investigative podcasting and reporting. However, Every story has a beginning and an ending, and this podcast represents the start of my own investigative odyssey. So as you dive into these episodes, you may notice rough edges or moments where my inexperience shines through, but please know that every stumble and misstep has been a crucial part of my learning process, and I've embraced each challenge as an opportunity for growth and improvement. So I want to express my heartfelt appreciation to each and every one of you who was stuck with the story despite my imperfections because Grant's story is important. So your support and patience have been invaluable as I've navigated the complexities of investigative podcasting and your feedback, whether constructive criticism, words of encouragement, or maybe something that wasn't so nice has helped me and helped shape this podcast into what it is today. So without further ado, here is Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm Lauren Conlin, and welcome to Corruption, What Happened to Grant Solomon? Before we get into things, I've been asked a few questions about the first two episodes that I'd like to address. Like, Lauren, are you insinuating Aaron Solomon paid off these alleged three men somehow? Lauren, did anyone try to find these three men? Well, I want to clarify, I'm not insinuating anything. My goal here is to tell you the facts and then let you decide what to think for yourself. And no, to my knowledge, law enforcement did not try to find these three men as there's nothing on record of it in the police reports. 
On this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be focusing on the lack of medical investigation done at the hospital, the lack of autopsy, the confusing reports of Grant's injuries listed at the scene and at the hospital, and then the inconsistencies on the death certificate. I do this with a special guest, Dr. Maria Ryan, former CEO of Cottage Hospital in New Hampshire. We're going to break down the accident and Grant's injuries. And I want to note right now that I am looking at the medical forms from Sumner Regional Hospital. So I'm going to read you the official cause of death. Quote, cardiac arrest, cause unspecified and blunt trauma arrest with traumatic brain injury. Quote, This is important because I was confused at first with cardiac arrest and heart failure. I thought they were the same thing. They're different. You probably know that. I did not. So I wanted to put that out there just in case. Now, I'm also staring at the death certificate. Now, the death certificate states the cause of death as, quote, multiple blunt force trauma and run over by automobile, quote, Plus, there's a little place where it says, describe how the injury occurred. And it says, quote, run over by car, quote. So the last time I checked, if you get run over by a car, you probably would have some broken bones. Maybe it it crushed your rib cage. I'm not a medical professional, but yeah, that doesn't check out. I also say this to Dr. Maria during our interview, but I want to say it again here. Sumner Regional was contacted through FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, to turn over all of these records back in 2020, only a few months after Grant died. But they denied this request. So Angie Solomon had to get a subpoena to make this happen. Why deny a request like this to a family who just wants answers? With that said, let's take a listen to my discussion with Dr. Maria Ryan. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, everyone. I'm here with Dr. Maria Ryan. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Maria. It's a pleasure to be with you, Lauren. You're doing such important work. Thank you so much. Um, Can you just give everyone a little bit of your background? 
Absolutely. So I've been in healthcare for 30 years. I started as a registered nurse and then kept continuing with my education. I became a board certified nurse practitioner. A nurse practitioner can uh, practice medicine independently. I did most of my clinical experience in the emergency department. And I also have a PhD in healthcare administration because I was a CEO of a hospital. I was going to say, my, yeah. uh, I have CEO. a lot of experience in emergency medicine and I've seen it all. I've had to collect forensic evidence on murder victims because they were found dead and they bring them into the emergency department, not knowing what happened. I've had to correct collect forensics on rape victims and um, all kinds of traumas in motor vehicle accidents to rule out whether they were accidents or whether there was nefarious activities going on. Okay. So this is, this is very perfect then that I have you and I briefed you on this and, you know, we, we discussed it last week again, just briefly. Now you have the Sumner regional medical records. I sent this to you and you said to me, this looks very flimsy. It looks like it's missing information. Yes. One of the things we like to hear is when I get an EMS call, coming in that we have, this would have been what's called a code one because CPR was in progress. So it's the ultimate emergency. Mm -hmm. So you want the emergency staff to be prepped, but a couple of things as a provider, I would want to know what happened. How is the body? Like for instance, if there was a T-bone accident, that tells me what type of injuries I can expect. So it's very, very important that I get described to me everything, but I don't see in the EMS record nor in the medical record exactly what happened. Was the body under a wheel? Did the front of the car or back of the car, did it cause crush injuries? I don't have that detail, but I have signs to show that there was a crushing injury because in the medical record, I can tell that the EMS almost immediately did a needle decompression. So they assumed that there was a crush injury to the chest. And the reason, one of the reasons Grant Solomon may have not been breathing is because either his lungs or his heart had fluid around it. And when they did the needle decompression, it looks like they were doing it more in the lungs. I can only tell that by the diagram. Okay. We made diagrams and we tried to pinpoint exactly everything we did to the body. Not mm-hmm. only we want to see what the body looked like upon arrival in the emergency department, but also what we did to it. So when it goes to the medical examiner, if they mm-hmm. see a hole in the anti-cubital space on the arm, that's yeah. where I tried to start an IV or something else. You don't want the medical examiner thinking, oh my God, did somebody give this person a drug or or mm. some other thing? Right, right. So I definitely see that EMS tried a needle decompression and I found that they said no blood or air came out. Well, that's a good sign. So there wasn't, you know, if there was a crushing injury to those lungs and the lungs were collapsed, you would hear some air escape. So it doesn't look like that was affected at all. And also no blood, which is really good. There wasn't what we call a hemothorax. Right, Um, right. So those are all good. I saw documentation, no flail chest. Again, a good sign for Grant in the respect that, okay, it doesn't seem like there was a crushing injury to the chest. 
What is of note is the significant head injury. He had such a blow to the back of his head that it was called an open compound fracture. Normally, if we see this in the leg, what an open or a compound fracture means is part of the bone is protruding from the skin. Literally, they said the skull fracture was so much that, you know, it, it was pretty open in the back of his head. Oh. And it was noted at the scene he had blood from his nose and his mouth. So that's a significant head injury. And that probably caused him not to breathe because a lot of people don't, they think of lungs for breathing, but our breathing centers are in the brain. Okay. Everything that regulates our body really comes from the brain and the brain stem. So his death was most likely caused by the significant head injury. And his official cause of death was heart failure due to the head injury. Am I correct? That's no. not that's not no. accurate. I did okay. not. And if you could send me that, I did not find yeah, that I that saw, was a cause of death at all. The heart failure piece. The, it okay. I do have I do have that um, on a form that was. Let me see. It, it it's on there. It's on the Sumner. It's on the the um. The oh, big, I saw yeah. cardiopulmonary arrest. He did die of cult, cardiopulmonary okay, then I missed, arrest. Sorry, I misspoke. Yep, that, yep. So heart failure okay. and cardio arrest is not the same thing. Okay, it's not the same. Okay, thing. okay, yep. okay. That's so, okay. Yeah. All right. So, but this is due to the head trauma that he experienced. It really every point points to the head injury of being the reason he died. The most unfortunate thing is the lack of information in the EMS report, Mm. the physician's report, and then the fact that there was no autopsy. It it was really significant for me that there was no autopsy. I know my state of New Hampshire, and I've worked in other states. Mm -hmm. If you have an untimely death, especially anybody under the age 65, then you need to do an autopsy. The only time we wouldn't do an autopsy if if the young person had cancer or a known death that was coming. Right. Um, right. My daughter's fiance died a few years ago of ALS. Mm. And so there was no autopsy, even though he was only 40 years old, because he had a documented terminal illness. But if right. he all of a sudden was found dead or got in a motor vehicle accident under suspicious circumstances, and I tell you why it's suspicious. He pulls up next to his father in a car. Mm -hmm. The father continues to stay in his own car working, Mm -hmm. he says. He looks up, sees Grant coming into the back. It sounds like the back seat. It just says the back of the car to get the equipment. Mm -hmm. Next thing he knows, he looks up and the vehicle's gone. So he starts getting out of his car and he hears a large, large crash. Nobody actually witnessed this. Did the car door, the back door, was it open and the car wasn't in park and the car door hit Grant and pulled him under? We don't, there's no- Dr. Maria, we all don't know. His story has changed so many times. And I sent you also, you're you're taking this from the police report. And this, what you just stated, I I studied this in detail, not as much. I mean, obviously I studied this more than the medical stuff because I don't quite understand the medical stuff. But this- came from what Aaron Solomon told an officer that his son got out. And because again, his own statement was slightly different. He never says, Oh, I got out. And you know, after I heard this loud crash, he never, he never said that himself. So. Yeah. So it's, it's, 
the other thing that I yeah. find a failure in is that the police department, as far as I know, I couldn't mm-hmm. find it, never did a reconstruction of the accident. They, they mm-hmm. simply did a diagram showing the car in, in pictorial, not yeah. not pictures, but a pictorial of the car at the top of the hill, midsection, and then down at the ditch. That's not a full reconstruction. A reconstruction would be you try to see how Grant ended up under the car. What is plausible? Mm. Could it only happen if he the car door was open and he got hit to be pulled under the car? Because if he's just standing on the side of the car and it wasn't in park and it starts to go down the hill, he could have jumped out of the way. So, so there was no, as far as I know, reconstruction mm-hmm. of the accident to say plausibility. Dr. Maria, there 100% was not a reconstruction of the accident. They also have somebody on staff at the Gallatin uh, Police Department that could do that. And unbeknownst to everybody, they they did not call them in to do something like this. Now, I have a couple questions. I showed you the pictures mm-hmm. um, from, yeah. from the police report. This ditch is very rocky, full of, you know, yeah. tons of sharp rocks. It's not super deep. From what right. I can tell from these pictures and, and from what I've read, not super deep. However, if, and again, this is me speculating, I'm not accusing anybody. If somebody was to be shoved, right? And and I don't think that's super plausible, perhaps only because Grant was so much bigger than his father. But even mm. if someone was was able to be shoved down there, I don't see how you could get such a, a head injury like that. And I had right. Yeah, could have occurred from those rocks, or again, if the back door was open and it started rolling down and somehow hit Grant and he fell very hard on that pavement, it is that is plausible. It's almost though like a blunt force trauma injury. So that's why reconstruction is so important. Autopsy is so important. It didn't seem like a thorough investigation. I've been involved in all these. Believe me, emergency department personnel are hand in hand with the police department all the time with with cases like this. Right. Because we give our expertise. They give their expertise. We give them opinions. They give us opinions. They may suggest Please keep that sheet that they were brought in on. So, right, you know, right. the way we collect evidence. So we have a very symbiotic relationship and it just seems, you know, I can tell you one officer said he was staying on scene to interview the witnesses. The next thing, another officer says no witnesses. Found. I know, I know. So I, did the first officer have some there and then, but where is the report? No, there is, there was no. The officers, listen, you haven't listened to the second podcast I did, but I got a witness. I got a witness. So the officers did not. Again, me with my musical theater degree, I was able to put all of this together. You know, I keep joking about that. But I want to just read to you because I have this uh, report open. So it does say reason for visit diagnosis, cardiac arrest, cause unspecified. Immediately, if you say cause unspecified, wouldn't that say autopsy, autopsy, autopsy? Like it. In general, right? If you even write yeah, that, well, that, isn't that was, conflicting? That was on admission. They knew okay. he was in cardiopulmonary arrest because he had CPR in progress. So we know he's right. in what we call arrest. And um, so they knew that upon admission. They don't they don't they didn't really know why. 
Their theory, I'm sure, although it's not quite specified, is the head injury caused the cardiopulmonary arrest. It says arrest. contusion to the head. I yeah. don't know what that means specifically. Contusion. Yeah, it's a little more than a contusion because Dr. Kimberly and um, her name just... Lord, Lord A. Lord, yeah, you? yeah. Lord mm-hmm. uh, did document the significance of that head, head injury and the fact it was open skull fracture. That's so pretty she did say it was open skull fracture. And that yeah. leads you to believe blunt force trauma to the head yeah. if you have an open yeah. skull fracture. But yeah. that and, and that could be a variety of things. Hitting, hitting the head at such a force, which is more unlikely on the pavement or on when he got down there on a sharp, jagged rock that could absolutely cause that um, in... Of course, we know in other uh, assaults, blunt force trauma can happen mm-hmm. with weapons as well. Yes, there was. Uh, well, you know, I won't get into. I'll save that for another day. Yeah. Um, another speculation about that. But I do want to ask you. So Grant was getting over COVID. He was having trouble with his lungs, trouble breathing. But you said during um, the procedure they did with the needle, the lungs appeared to be fine. Well, as far as no air released in no uh, blood. So it's not like you're doing a diagnostic CAT scan to look at whether there's scar tissue of the lung. We do a needle decompression to see if there's fluid or blood inhibiting the lungs from working. So they did that immediately. I was very impressed that EMS had the training to do that, but they didn't have any of those markers. So they're, they're trying to save this young person's life. And sometimes just a little bit of fluid either in the lungs or around the heart in the pericardium right. and you release okay. it, you can get somebody's heart beating again. But it was clear that wasn't the issue. It was the head injury, right. which is also yep. what probably, or not probably, I should say it knocked him out because he was pretty much out cold in and out. He obviously had a pulse at this point. I I want to know from an autopsy, what do you think they could possibly be able to uncover with this if there was foul play? Well, you know, autopsies tell us a lot along with a reconstruction of the accident because you could tell like the force. Again, we're so blind on this because we don't know if the truck actually fell on a piece of him. It says he was trapped and he needed to get extricated. I finally found that from pre-hospital records Mm -hmm. that when we use the term extricated, it usually means like we couldn't have just pulled him out from under the car. There wasn't that the the vehicle or something needed to be lifted or a car door removed or or something. Okay. But um, an autopsy could tell a lot, lot about it. And usually the medical examiner again, works hand in hand with the police. They try to reconstruct how fast the vehicle could have been going. If you're not in park and it rolls down the hill, really how fast could that have gone. Just from my vast experience on prior accidents, it couldn't have been more to 20, 30 miles an hour. And that's really stretching it. That hill, of course, we don't have dimensions. Another thing missing. I'd love to teach these courses. Like how exactly far was that hill? Like how many meters, how many feet was it? That ditch, I'm like you, you really can't tell the perspective from those pictures. It actually looks right. like a little divot with some yeah, rock. It, it doesn't look like a crazy ditch. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, no, I, I totally, I mean, there's so much, so much missing from this and that's very clear, yeah. but I want to also point out to you that 
there was another podcast called the Crime Solvers Podcast who are retired detectives and they looked into this truck and they said this Toyota Tacoma that Grant had, it got, you know, five-star safety ratings and there's supposed to be, and there is in this truck, to our knowledge, a parking pole that is supposed to stop the truck from from rolling if it's not in park oh. or, or whatever. And this parking pole, it wasn't defective. So that's the other thing. How did this, how did this, something like this happen if the truck was not defective? Yeah. It's almost like everybody, I hate to say this, got lazy. You know, I used to teach this to the nurses in the, in the emergency department, because they're the most important people. Sometimes they, they get the person right off the stretcher. So they need to keep things intact. You know, we need to put things in brown bags. We need to, you know, the whole thing. There's a whole forensic thing. So I was very right. particular about it because to me, I have a potential victim in, in front of me and I want justice for them. So yeah. it's very particular about forensic gathering, mm. but there's so much missing in this case, including, I don't see, you brought up such a good point. You don't see anybody commenting on, okay, I'm going to get somebody to look at this truck and look at whether the brakes worked or whether this yeah. polling system worked. Mm-hmm. This needs further investigation. A young man, an 18-year-old man, lost his life under very odd circumstances. So more work has to be done. And the sooner the better, right? Through time, things get lost. Memories fade. So I'm hoping that the district attorney will look into this. Yeah. No, I I agree with you, obviously. And... You know, something else I, I want to just bring up quickly is that Angie Solomon obviously got to see her son post-mortem and made the comment. She was afraid. She thought he'd be crushed, you know, his chest crushed, like, because she was under the impression that he was stuck under the wheel or something. And she said his body, besides his head injury and like a mark on his cheek and maybe a bruise from sliding on, on his hip, you can see it in the diagram, his body was essentially perfect. So. Yeah. I think that the focus is the head trauma yeah. and, and to figure, and again, with an autopsy, it sounds like we might be able to get a better idea if there was foul play or not, or if this trauma was caused by an object, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And you want to make sure that vehicle is safe. Mm, yeah. Right. Say yeah. this is a terrible accident and they reconstruct it and they say it's plausible that this mm. could have happened. Then, then why did the truck roll down the hill when there's supposed to be a sa- safety mechanism? So yeah. it needs unbiased eyes to to look at the whole thing. I agree. And I this was published in the last episode, but somebody from the the um Ward Performance Institute, an employee, did come outside when he saw Aaron Solomon on the phone. And I don't know if it was Aaron's lack of understanding of what was happening to his own son that projected onto this employee, but the employee seemed very confused, did not know the urgency behind this. So he kind of just was like, what's going on? And then he went inside to call his manager and say, hey, you better come down here. There's been an accident. So I don't know if his behavior uh, triggered everyone else's behavior to be calm. But to me, this is just so crazy that nobody thought to go down there and actually help besides these supposed three men that no one has found since. So yeah, I don't and I, know. And I would, yeah, I would think the police put that out on the airwaves, right? 
three men sought as witnesses to this accident. I don't know any of that. Like, obviously, it's not in any record. Mm-hmm. But normally that happens, right? You want actual right. witnesses. I cannot tell what the body looked like. And that is so frustrating for somebody like me in emergency medicine. We yeah. usually get these very full reports from EMS. You know, the body was positioned like this, there was a tire on it or his head would, there was a huge rock underneath with blood on it or something. Yeah. Well, the last thing I'll say on this, uh, and I don't know if this is important to note, maybe you tell me, but they did request all of these medical records through the Freedom of Information Act. And they were actually denied the first time by the hospital. And then they had to get a subpoena to get these records. So I don't know if that is an admission of guilt. Like we don't want to release these to you. And I'm assuming legally they had to give them the hospital. I mean, had to give them everything that they had and they didn't leave anything out. But to your knowledge, you said it just looks so incomplete and just not. It does thorough. look incomplete yeah. on a on a variety from EMS record doesn't look complete. The hospital record doesn't look complete. Certainly, mm-hmm. the police records don't. And one of the police records, it was severely redacted. And yeah. I don't understand that. I yeah. don't understand I, why. I don't understand any of it. It's yeah. again to for me to be able to look at this and just notice this right off the bat. It's it's insane. So, um, Doctor Maria, is there anything you want to add, just in general? Uh, no, just just that there's an 18 year old boy who lost his life, and it's really under very odd circumstances. So there should be further investigation. Thank you so much. I think most of us agree with this. Uh, Just, again, not pointing fingers, simply commenting on the lack of investigation and the lack of work done to investigate this poor, sweet 18-year-old boy's death. So thank you again. I really appreciate it. You are a wealth of knowledge. Uh, You're doing yeoman's work. Good job. You are Dr. Maria. It seems like this is the consensus. Horrible, lazy police work and a lack of medical investigation. The death certificate makes no sense at all to me. And it's clear that Sumner Regional did a sloppy job with these forms and just taking care of Grant in general. So please, please go to the GoFundMe Justice for Grant and consider making a donation as this is imperative to get the ball rolling for an exhumation and an independent autopsy, something that absolutely should have been done from the start. So thanks for listening and stay tuned for another episode of Corruption. What happened to Grant Solomon? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.